Okay. We don't want to wake Eric, so everybody be real quiet. No, I came out here because I wanted to do something. Today uh, is uh, it's a sad day. Uh, there was this 12-year-old girl that she was in the car with her mom and dad and sisters and brothers and cousins and dogs and stuff. And they came to the big city of Montgomery to go shopping at Walmart. And I guess they'd heard about this church or something, and they made their way over here. And their kids would begin to come into youth ministry and were a part of that. And then she turned into this beautiful young woman. She grew up. She turned 21. And she just sang the last song today. Her name is Charity. And today is her last day. She commutes from Union Springs in here all the time. And she serves in children and student ministry and adult. And we're just grateful for her. But she feels like she needs to be a part of the community that she lives and works and breathes and does all that in. So she's like, man, this is really hard, but today is her last day, so can you just put your hands together and thank God for this wonderful servant of Christ. We're grateful for you. So we, want, we just want to pray for you, and Lord, we pray your blessings on charity, God. Thank you for her life. Lord, thank you for the woman of faith that she has become and becoming daily. Strengthen her, bless her new relationships. God, we thank you that she poured into us and we poured into her. Bless her, Father, with the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. She got you, didn't I? Okay. All right. I'm going to get back up here in the light because we're going to talk today about being authentic. Authentic, uh, uh, in, in the contrast to that, would be posing, faking it, not being real. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with this, and it's kind of different. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. Christians in America, in the Western world, probably all over the world, it's probably uh, consistent with our sin nature, but we're consistent of saying one thing and doing the other. And, uh, hey, uh, I believe this, but then I live in a way that's kind of counterintuitive to what it means to be a believer. But uh, this guy said, hey, we took a poll. And we asked 100 people where they believed is it important to eat healthy. How many of you, if I asked you this morning, do you think it's important to eat healthy? How many would raise your hand? Sure, you're like, man, I'm not going to do it, but I believe it's important. Okay. And, of course, as I thought, the overwhelming majority of you just agree with me, so that's kind of cool. But listen to that. It says, but we all would agree that lots of green beans and carrot sticks on our plates would be good for us. They would be. And, uh, and when you have little kids, either they kind of have a desire to do that or they rebel. But I read this story in, in the Texas State Fair in the year of 2012, but it would probably happen in 2019. Here was the very top food. It was not beans and carrots. It was not broccoli. Listen to this. I would like to participate. A fried bacon cinnamon roll. That sounds like heart attack in a bun. And if you're trying to maximize the number of fat grams per dollar, then this item is an incredible value. What you really could do, this would probably even be healthier, if, you, uh, if you're into that, you just get a Krispy Kreme donut batter and inject it directly into your bloodstream. You know, so we say, yeah, we want to eat healthy, we eat that. It's like, I remember one time somebody, I was eating with some people here at our church and we had like boxes and boxes of Krispy Kreme, and people were devouring them. And, but somebody said, oh, stop, stop. we got to pray. Pray for what? You're going to pray for that sugar to nourish your body? It ain't working. I mean, that, that, that's... that's yeah. We pray some dumb prayers sometimes, okay? Now, I, let's just think about it. We serve an all-wise, creative, intelligent God, and I don't want to insult Him. But here it is. What we would say, I just started out to kind of have fun, but we all could look in the mirror. James says we need to look in the mirror and we need to see. And he talks about we need to look into the mirror of God's word and see ourselves for who we are. 
just as I've stated before, we all went to a mirror this morning. We looked into the mirror. We liked or we did not like what that which was presented to us, and we decided to do something about it. We took a shower. We shaved. We did our hair. We put on our makeup. We, I mean, we, we did something. And somebody like, I didn't do anything. Well, we know. We're going to talk to you after the service. But most of us decided, hey, we, we wanted to try to dress this up on the outside. But here's the important thing. What are we doing authentically? What is God, what are we allowing the Father to do on the inside of our hearts? How is He transforming us? So I don't know anybody that ever wants to be known as a, a hypocrite. Matter of fact, when you say that to somebody, and they're really trying to be after the things of God, you're trying to walk after the Lord, you're, man, you're, you know, you're shamed by that. You're like, man, I, I reject that. And you're like, well, and then you have to go away and go, well, is there any truth in that? Is there some hypocrisy? And if there is, there's good news for those that will repent, those that will turn, we can begin to walk anew, walk again. I love that about grace, the grace of Christ. Being authentic, authenticity, when, when it comes to our faith, I mean, we want to be authentic in every realm of life that God places us. That's important to our God. But when it comes to our faith, and it's so critical that our profession matches that which we act out, that which we express, that which we live. And this morning, I, I hope, I don't want you to walk away all beat up going, oh, there's a, it's a list of rules, of do's and don'ts. I, and I, I'm not into that. But I'm hoping that we can see through God's word, through his lens, that he can, can begin to show us value. He can convict us by his word. He can begin to, we in, invite him to increase in capacity of working in our hearts to shape us, to conform us to the image, to transform us, to be more like Jesus. And the church walked away and said, and you're saying, no, I'm, I'm walking away, I'm going to get Krispy Kremes. After you tell that story, man, I'm getting a box of them. Or I'm going to go with cinnamon buns on a stick or something. But here, here's what I know. Being real, write that down. Being real matters to God. I would go this far. Being real matters to your spouse. Being real matters to your kids. Being real matters to the family of faith called Christ Community or any other church. Being real matters to the world. So we just have to check in and go, God, uh, I purpose to be authentic. And by your grace, there's some authentic behavior in my life. There's still some things that I don't do, but I wish I didn't do, but I do them. But man, it's this sin that is at work within me. But then you get to Romans 8, and I can be under the dominion of the Spirit, not the flesh. And man, I know you're saying, you always talk about Romans 8, because I'm, I did a series, what, a year and a half, two years ago? But Doug, there's something welling up. I think we're going to come back into it over the next year or two. I just, I just feel like it's one of those truths that you just have to keep visiting. But let's keep moving today for sake of time. So we, we want to not... Uh, we don't want to be posers. We don't want to be pretenders. You know, the world's full of people that pretend to be something that which they're not. They're, they, we'd, we'd call them inauthentic. We'd call them hypocrites. And, you know, it's, a lot of times people go, I don't go to church because there's hypocrites there. I don't go to church because I live next door to that person. I work with that person. That person ripped me off. You know, you, you, man, you can name a thousand excuses why you don't go to church, but it always tends to come back to this something is less than Christ-shaping behavior, Christ-conforming character, and you just think, man, I, I don't want to be around those people. They're not different. But I hope here this is a safe place that people are changing by the grace of Jesus. They're, they're becoming like Christ. They're, they're hoping to emulate. They're, they're imitating Him. At least that's our high goal. How many of you would say that's your goal as a Christian, as a follower of Christ? You want to imitate Christ to the world. 
Okay, that was... How many would like to imitate Christ to the world? Yeah. How many of you feel like, man, you nail that every time? Hold your hands high. Yeah. Yeah, wrong, Chuck. No, no. I mean, you're close, but not quite there. Okay, uh, Chuck just didn't get his hand down all the way. I mean, but we, but we struggle with these things. So, you know what we do? I read this book many years ago, probably three decades ago now, and it was called Dropping Your Guard by Chuck Swindoll. I used to read a lot of Chuck Swindoll. And it was all about dropping the mask, taking off the mask, peeling it back, and being real to the world that watches you. So this morning, you know, if we came in here and we handed out masks at the door, that would have been a creative way to start this. Just handing out masks. Everybody's like, man, is it Mardi Gras? No, 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 no. Okay. But we, if we're not careful, if we're really honest and, and let the Holy Spirit examine our lives and, and, and look at it, we could say, you know, I, I, I purpose to be genuine. But I know sometimes I, I just put the mask on. I, I want to say the God words. I want to say the right things, but my behavior is less than so I'm, I'm hoping this will kind of build a case. So look, look here at the very top of your worship guide. Just hold those up if you got them when you came in. Okay, most of you. Okay, good. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Underline, live a life worthy. See, I think that's for all Christ followers that God has called you and me heavenward in Christ Jesus to live a life that's worthy of of his praise that's worthy of his honor that's worthy of the worship that's due him and then he goes on to tell us okay so you've received that but be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love you're like man this is like a god thing this is like i can't do that so christ has to do that in me make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit to the bond of peace there is one body one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all but to each one of us grace has been given as christ has apportioned it man that right there we, we could just spend all day on this and we're not because we're going to keep moving today for sake of time but i just wanted us to kind of just set up some framework of thinking hey i'm a prisoner of the lord i want to uh, god has called me to respond to his love you know when you first started following jesus that's what you did you you saw your sin, you saw your need for a Savior, and you responded to the call of Christ on your life. Let me just stop right there a minute. Is, is it incredibly hot in here, or is it just me? Uh, Blake is over there with students right now. Can somebody, like, cut on some air? There ain't nothing flowing in here, and I'm about to pass out, okay? So, thank you. I just, you know what? It is what it is. Hey, Drew, quickly, turn it down, brother. Y'all yeah, just wave your hands if you're hot. Yeah, and the rest of you are like, Pastor... It's the first time I ain't had a sweater on. I'm feeling so good. Oh, well, bless you. Okay. All right. So respond. Go after Christ. And then here, here's what he says. You've been called. You, you, you've been called to a community. And that's who we are is the body of Christ. We're a community of followers, of Christ followers, that follow after. Oh, that's a good sound. That adheres to the word of God, that adheres to being holy, that adheres to wanting to worship, being humble and gentle, protecting the church, going after the church, uh, deciding. Here, here it is. Let, let's just be real. When we're a part of a community, it means we hang out together. It means we do life together. It means we love one another. We celebrate with Eric and Julie. We celebrate with little Peyton about Annie, and we, we celebrate things. And then we grieve when there's a need to grieve, and we grieve together. And we rejoice together and we celebrate and we grow together. We don't just go. I'm taking, you ever heard this expression? I'm going to take my toys and go home. 
I've met many of those over the last 23 years in this awesome church called Christ Community. Some people just said, I don't want to play anymore. I'm taking my bat and going home. I'm like, what? We don't have another bat. You know, and so, so you want to work together. And it might be that, you know, sometimes God does move you to another place. But other times, like, man, we just have to, you know, you don't, well, I guess we do in our world because we have families that break up all the time. But the, the goal of God is not for us just to say, all right, I'm not playing anymore. The goal is to work through conflict. And how many of you love to work through conflict? There, if we're honest, some people here would go, Pastor, I got a minor at the university in conflict resolution. I love it. I am conflict. Bring it on, baby. And some of you are like, conflict? I can't even spell it. And I'm so nervous. And I just run from it. And peace at any price. You just beat me down, brother. <laughs> Wuss. So somewhere in there. I, I don't like conflict. I have a spiritual gift of exhortation. That's the gift that I like to default to. Being a senior pastor, I had to learn conflict resolution many years ago. And Don, I tell you, I did not enjoy it. Because I'm a shepherd. But sometimes a shepherd has to do that, and you have to confront that, and you have to be in it, and sometimes it just gets awkward. And you're like, well, I'm not a pastor, but hey, I, I do this, I do that, and I avoid conflict. So God, God wants to help us work through that. Anyway, here's what I've learned in all this study of trying to get here, and we'll go through it. Millennials, this generation, many times they value authenticity. I cannot tell you how many articles I've read on this, how many millennials I've talked to. And, and there was probably, I think we all value authenticity, but I think they value it more And a few generations ago or a few names ago or de the decade of whatever they would value more authenticity but i think that's one of the things that they're bringing to it. they they want to value but then now sometimes what they call authenticity is just kind of their own uh evaluation of what's authentic but here listen listen so nobody gets mad at me if you're a millennial or you want to be a millennial you're a baby boomer or you're an xer or whatever all these terms i, I get sick of them here it is let god's word scrutinize us whatever generation we're in to see if we measure up against this word in the church said that's that's an authenticity it doesn't belong to one age group it belongs to all of us as the body of christ god help us to be authentic in our behavior in our speech in our life in our church we, we want to promote that we we want to be real together jesus you are truth you, you remember that passage John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the lie. No, that's not what it says. I am the way, the truth, the truth. Jesus is the truth. When we look to him, when we model him, when we get coaching instructions from him, we're on a good road, aren't we, church? I mean, you as parents, man, y'all are doing, so many of you are doing so good at striving to raise up godly kids, and we want to celebrate you. We want to help you. And some are like, man, I'm not doing a very good job. Then you're in a good place because maybe together and with others, you, we can come alongside and pull. Yesterday, we were over there and all these hundreds and hundreds of people came through our booth and we're signing up people and talking to people. And, and a lot of them are like, how long are you going to keep them? I said, 9 to 12, Monday through Friday, every day that week, free. They went, free? I said, free. They went, tell me again, free? I said, free. I said, I got it now. And they go, every day. And like these parents, they were like, you mean I'm going to get rid of my kids? Hallelujah. That's a little scary, but I kind of understood it. But a lot of them are like, so I said, this is a Christian sports camp. I said, we're going to have a, a component of the gospel there. They're like, oh, 
Oh, that's good. Now, I know if they're believers or not. And the other one's like, now, you're going to teach jitsu or whatever? Like, no, chaplain's going to do that. I, I don't know squat about it. I'm, and it was funny. Guess who was next to me and Blake? Guess who the booth was right next to us? I cannot make this up. A chiropractic clinic was right next to us. Seriously. And do you know when they left, they gave me their card. I know what that guy was doing. See, he didn't get near the business we did because he didn't give away snow cones. But I know he was thinking, there's going to be some kids going to get hurt. We're going to go see him. I won't even tell you who he is. But nice guy. If you came to church today, I would have given you his name. All right, so here, we, we get jaded in our relationships. But let, let's, let's kind of dive into this six marks of authentic believers. Number one, it's, it's more than mere talk. Being authentic is not just having a lot of lip service, but it's a lot more than talk. It's, it's action. And in James 1.22, in the ESV, it says, but be doers of the word, not only hearers only deceiving yourselves but don't just be a hearer but be a doer of the word and and so as i look at this it's more than talk it's so much more it's authentic faith that that lives out it's real christians and you gotta remember we live in this age that there's so much coming at us so many fake and false voices here's some of them radical pluralism aggressive secularism political polarization you think we got that in america <laughs> hello skepticism about religion uh this sexual ethics battle guys we don't need to battle this the lord god has spoken about human sexuality clear in his holy word can you praise his name church it's clear it's like, ah, man, I don't have, you know, I, I got to check with the elders and make sure, man, you, you think I got this thing right about sexuality, one man for a woman? <laughs> yeah, I, I got it right, man. I, can, I went to God's Word. So many outside the church, though, you know what they view churches as? Sometimes they're going, you're hypocritical. And, and, and there's probably some, some truth in that. They go, you're bigoted, you're homophobic, you're materialistic, you're judgmental, you're self-serving. I guess some of that could happen. But you know what it would be better to be said? The church is more than talk. It's the love of Christ that I experience when I gather with other believers in the house of God. Amen? That's what I want us to be known as. A place that's safe, that people can come in. Whatever venue, whatever path they've chosen, whatever sin they've tried to embrace, they are most welcome here. This is the Lord's house. This is the house of healing. This is a house where we could repent. This is a house where we could see the gospel, where we could see it right before us and other people. And when I was a youth pastor, I watched it, but it's increased off the chart now. Young people are leaving the church. And in the years that I've pastored for so long, they come back. You know when they come back? First child. Because they don't want to screw them up. Because they know they're messed up and they need something. And you know how many people I've met in the last 23 years at Christ Community? Pastor, I'm not very religious. But we got these kids, these rugrats, we need help. We're going to start coming to church. We're going to bring them. And they just told me a bunch. I went, but you need Jesus. You need a relationship with him. But we're going to be here for your kids. And together it's beautiful when you see God transforming and working in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. And so let's look at the second one. Aim for honest love. That's what authentic believers do. They have a high aim, a high goal, and it's to be filled with the love of Christ. 
Uh, in John uh, 15, 12, I think it'll come up on the screen. Watch this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. You know, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to love. We love because he first loved us. Thank you, Doug. We love it. We didn't come up with the idea, I'm going to express love, agape or phileo. I love because God loved me in spite of being me. And therefore, I am to love. The purpose uh, over in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you see the great love chapter of Scripture. And on and on, you can read passages, I can cite passage after passage, and you just see love is the theme, is, is the heartbeat of the Father. And, and God wants us to love, and He wants us to be filled with that. So authentic Christians are marked by love. They're marked by love for the body of Christ. They're marked by love. Listen, listen. We should be marked by love for each other, for the saints, for other Christians. But God would say, but are you marked by love for those outside the walls of your church? Are you marked by love for people that don't look like you, they don't live by you, they don't do this like you, they're just different, but they're made in the image of Christ and they need a Savior? Are, are you marked by love that you love those that persecute you? Boy, that starts getting tough, Jesus. Are you marked by love for people that need to be loved? So this morning, I could just stop there and go, man, this is pretty good. It's more than mere talk. It's, it's aimed for honest love. Look at the third one. New people is authentic life, but they're new people with new lives. Of course, when, when I share that passage, I always think about my favorite passage in Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new. Behold, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. Can you give Jesus some praise right there? The new has come in Christ. We're new in Christ. So God, help us to focus in on that. Lord, we have a new life. We have a new eternal address in the Savior. But we have new and living hope today because of what Christ has done for us. Lord, help us to get in on you and express your life and trust in your authenticity. You know, we've been reading this verse in our small group the last few weeks, and I thought it would be a good one right now. It's Luke 9.23. Just write it down, Luke 9.23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's what it means. God, I, I want to I love. I want to be a person that has a new life. I don't know about you. I didn't, I didn't like my old life so much. I mean, it, it had some fun because sin is fun for a season. And there were a lot of things that happened. But I got to tell you, the new life that I found in Jesus Christ, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Would you? The new life in Christ. And that's the life we've come to experience as we walk with the Savior. And in that, we, we bear fruit. See, just write this on the, on the side. Real faith is something that you can see. See, real salvation kind of faith is something that people can view it as they look at your life. There's a difference. Christ makes, how many believe that Christ makes a difference? I do. Oh, does he make a difference? 23 years ago today, I came up here late Friday and was doing some stuff. And I don't know how I ran across it. It must have been the Holy Spirit. I found a message that I preached 23 years ago this morning in my old church. I preached on TV and the big national audience and all that kind of fun. It was fun. And I didn't, I didn't get those opportunities as an associate. I would preach on Sunday nights, but I got invited to preach. 
And I preached the title, and, and it's really what kind of started Christ Community. The title was called Wasted Worship. Donna remembers. I saw this video. I know, you, you know some of you young people don't know what a video is. A, a video is like a square-looking box. And, and I found it. And when I first picked it up, I went, I bet it's gone. I bet it's deleted after almost a quarter of a century. And yes, believe it or not, I've got an old dinosaur TV back in the office there that plays DVDs and VCRs. I, 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 yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. And I put it in, and I just knew nothing would come out. And this service played, and I'm going to show you a clip. No, I am not. It's hilarious to look at. I've got glasses that are about this big. But here's the cool part. i got a, I got a stinking head full of hair. And it's brown. I don't know what happened. And, uh, but I, I, was, I was watching that thing, just critiquing, go, Here, here's a young preacher, you know, kind of on the cusp of getting ready to do this thing. And I thought, God, this is what I want to do. Uh, I, I, I want to proclaim the gospel in, in a different part of Montgomery, in a different style with contemporary praise and worship. But Lord, we, we want to be the church. We, we want to help shape a community for Christ. So real Christians are new creations. They're, they're clear. They get after it. A Denver Seminary president, Mark Young, when he came into being, somebody asked him about some advice. He said, Mark, I, I want to give you some advice about who you are and who you're going to become. And he said this. It was interesting. He says, well, what is the greatest gift that you can bring to our school, to our university he goes be who you are don't let a day pass when you play a role don't pose be the real thing and so this morning i would just say for you and for me god help us to be real and authentic with one another help us to just love each other if something angers us let us be angered in a way that would honor christ if we're grieving help us to grieve in a way that honors christ if we're thrilled, help us to be thrilled about it and share that in a way that honors Christ. But God, let us be us. Lord, we, we don't want to be somebody else. You, you, you know what made Billy Graham so great? I think his humility. But you know what else made Billy Graham so great and so many other people I could list off, men and women of faith? They chose to be who God made them to be. They didn't try to be somebody else. And so many times I admire gifts in the body of Christ and I see other people that I want to emulate, that I want to be like because I applaud who they are in the Savior. But it leads to great frustration because there's things we can learn to call transferable concepts. But other things, we have to be the unique identity creation, new creation that Christ has called you and me to be. And that's what the world needs is an authentic you. And the church said... Amen. So you want to be, so all my warts and all my craziness, that's who I am. That's my personality. And Christ uses that in somehow, but it's his grace that does the work. And it's just like you, man. Aren't you glad that you can be who you are? We need you. We need every one of you, just who you are. Because you, you're unique for a purpose. Look at, look at the fourth one. Move with me. Remember to do simple acts of kindness. Over in James, he would begin to talk about that. And he, and he says this, what good is it? Uh, in the second chapter 14 through 17 what good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but you don't show it by your actions can the kind of, can that kind of faith save anyone suppose you see a brother or sister they have no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day stay warm and eat well but then you don't give them the person food or clothing what good is that so you see faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds it is dead and it is useless so i look at this fourth one i go god there's so many simple acts of kindness that we can do as the body of christ 
And my world, my community, your community, your world need to see them. Good, good deeds reflect a heart of compassion. Good deeds reflect the heart of our Father. So God, help us to reflect your heart as a community of faith. And I, I got to tell you, man, I, I think so many of you are doing that so well. And I just want to encourage you. And some of you are saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really doing it, but that's, I'd like to do that. Well, maybe today God would ignite a new passion in your heart to begin to practice your faith and say, Christ, do this through me. Help me to demonstrate it. Look at the fifth one. We display the Spirit's fruit. And I'm not going to, I was going to go through a whole session, but I, I, I got to keep moving. And this is the whole fruit of the Spirit litany. That's the whole distinctives of the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to so produce in our lives. And it's love and joy and, and it's peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and, yes, self-control. But, God, that's what you want to do in our hearts. You want to produce fruit in keeping with repentance and you want to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God, this is not man trying to gut it up and trying to do better. God, this is you working in us by your Holy Spirit as we invite more of him to fill us, to control us, to center us on Jesus. And God gets honor. And, and out of that, listen, here's the whole theme today. Being authentic, authenticity, we're just more authentic. It doesn't mean that you lose your patience. I mean, all you got to do is have a driver's license. You have an opportunity to lose your patience. How many of you, how many of you, be honest, don't be a hypocrite. How many of you lose your patience when you're driving? And you say things that are less than edifying to the Lord. Watch this video with me now. No, wouldn't that be, would that be hilarious if I had a cam in all your cars and we could show a video of how you acted this week in rage? You're like, no, I don't go there. And you see, some of you this morning are so pious, you're going, oh, no, pastor, I'm a holy driver. Wish I could follow you around for the next week. You're probably going to run over somebody and bump them in Jesus' name and scream at them and do, I don't know what you're going to do. But here, so these fruits begin to be uh, possessed and evident in our life. And look at the six. We imitate Christ's humility and we look out for others' interests. That whole passage from the Apostle Paul, he says there's any encouragement from being belonging to christ any comfort from his love any fellowship together in the spirit of your hearts tender and compassionate then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose and then he hits verse three don't, don't miss this don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others better than yourselves don't look out only for your own interest but take an interest in others too when you and i choose to model that scripture when we choose to let christ in us if we're believers resonate and root and establish and take over and rule in our hearts and this behavior begins to come out christ is honored an authentic lifestyle goes forward that honors if, if not you can just be authentically wrong. You can just be, man, you're disingenuous. You're, man, you're, you're just a mess. You're, ugh. I don't know. If, if, I mean, I've had people say this before. They'll say, oh, as long as they're a Christian, if that's a Christian, I don't want to be one. Man, that'd be a horrible indictment. When somebody say, man, I don't want, man, if that's what your church does, if that's who y'all are, I, I don't need that. I'll just stay at home. But man, if they go, you know, but man, y'all are patient. You're joyful. You're, you're loving. You're, you're forgiving. 
you're certainly not perfect because i know you you're a mess but you're striving to be like the savior you're striving to follow him and i've even noticed you even admit sometimes when you're wrong and man that's very that's very satisfying so we, we keep moving here. It, it's powerful. So there's six. And then, you know, I got so excited about this. Uh, well, let, let me give you this one. In this thing, there was a, a player, he played football for the great legendary Packer coach, Vince Lombardi. And he said this. His name was Willie Davis. And when Vince Lombardi was dying and he was in the New York hospital, he was uh, on his deathbed, Willie Davis flew all the way across the country to see his coach. And some reporters said, now, Willie, why, why would you come back to see the coach? You know, he used to scream and yell at you all the time. And, and you came all this way, and you're going to get maybe 10 to 15 minutes at best with the coach. Why did you come? He says, there's one reason I came. Because Coach Lombardi made me feel like I was important. And I came. And I thought, man, that would be a great mantra for the church. Why do you come to the church? Because the church makes me feel valued. The church makes me feel loved. The church makes me feel accepted as I am. But the church doesn't put up with my mess. The church doesn't necessarily stay where you are. But the church encourages me and pushes me and stresses that there's more to this life and there's more in Christ and we go on together. Is that not a good word, church? That's what the church ought to do. I don't want you to come here and go, Man, Pastor, I come on the weekends and I feel like crud when I walk out. I'm so beat up and condemned. I can't even look at my dog when I get home. It's just horrible. I, I, I take a Xanax and I go to sleep. Well, you don't need a Xanax. You just go to sleep if you sit in your chair anyway, okay? You know what it is? I hope you come here and I hope you do feel conviction because I get convicted. I, I pray that the conviction of the Holy Ghost is on this place and that the Holy Spirit convicts you and he goes, I am working. I am speaking. Listen. But just as well as that, I hope you come here and you go. I could bring my friends there. I can go back there. I get inspired there. I get motivated there. Those songs we sing, man, those are good. I mean, I, I, I've, I've sang in a lot. I've, well, I, I didn't sing. I was singing in the congregation. I've been in a lot of churches, and a lot of them, man, I got to give them good heart. Some of them, man, it was pretty bad, man. I was like, oh, man, Jesus, can you just get me out of here, you know? And some of you are like, well, don't get too pumped up because we feel that same way sometimes when you preach and you're saying, Jesus, deliver us quickly. That was not funny, but y'all thought it was. But here it is. You know what? He says, display the Spirit. Imitate Christ's humility. Seven. I got to give you this one. It's not on your notes. A new one. Write it in. Authentic Christians are marked by thankfulness and prayer. Can you imagine I got back to that? Last weekend I preached on thankfulness. And authentic Christians are always more about a grateful heart. Gratitude to God and one another. So I preached a whole message on last weekend. Go on podcast, you can hear it. But they also are marked by people of prayer. And I'll do more prayer series this year. Every year I'm going to do at least one or two prayer series because it's kind of my heart. It's kind of my special thing. I just think it's one of the things that connects us with the Father. He connects with us. We connect with Him. But we, we do that. We give thanks to God. So that's number seven. Let me give you number eight because you got room. Authentic Christians are marked by faith in Jesus Christ. They're just marked by genuine faith and they understand the gospel. If somebody asks them, what is the gospel? What is the good news of Christ means? They can articulate. They can explain it back to you in a way that maybe you could understand. And it's a way that has power because of the power of God. It's not our power. It's God's power. 
And, and so I started thinking about all these things. And then uh, I, I'll give you this one quickly. Uh, authentic believers have a hunger for God's word. I, I tell you that a lot here because I think that's one of the ways we know we have confidence and assurances. We have just an insatiable desire to love God's word. And we go, God, I want your word. I, I want a hunger for righteousness. I want a hunger for truth. God, I want to hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God, I want more of you. Lord, I believe you. God, I trust you. Um, here it is. Some people would go, God, when I first started following you, I was so hungry for your word, for your ways. I wanted to learn. I was always at Bible study or whatever. And Lord, you loved me and I loved your word. It was awesome. And I was fervent and I wanted to grow. But now, I'm not as fervent and I'm not as hungry the capacity of my heart seems to have shriveled. So I pray this morning the Holy Spirit would amp up and he would enlarge and he would create greater hungers in our hearts for him. God, help us to be people of the word. Because Lord, when your word gets in us and your word reads us, we certainly have the opportunity to become more authentic to the dying world. That's God's word this morning. I, I, I could go on for another 20 minutes and somebody here saying, well, praise the Lord Jesus, you're not. But I'll give you this thought. Mike Singletary. Got a couple of football illustrations today. Mike Singletary was a tremendous football player. Uh, like, I think he played 10 or 12 years for the Chicago Bears, Hall of Famer, awesome guy, coached the 49ers and some other teams, I think maybe at Minnesota at the end. I read the other day, I, I was just curious, like, what happened to Mike Singletary? And you know what Mike Singletary is doing today? Anybody know? Don't Google him. That's not even fair anymore. I just Googled him. I know what he's doing. I got, you want to see his picture? You know what Mike Singletary is doing now? He went to a local high school, and he's coaching in a Christian high school. He's coaching high school football. I thought, most intense football player, at least in the top five I've ever seen play football. And I'm thinking, he's your high school coach, and he's a high school Hall of Famer. I'm thinking, that's pretty cool, but a very godly man. But here's what he used to yell at the 49ers. I want you to write this down, and I'm going to close. Caitlin, you don't even need to come today. Listen to this. Write this down. This is a great line. He would go out on the field to his 49ers, and they respected this legendary coach, this passion, this hulk of a man. And he would yell this at him all the time. Don't tell me, show me. Don't tell me, but show me. And I thought, man, that is a great word for the church. Don't always tell me, show me what it means to follow Jesus. We have to share. But then people want us to show them by the life that we're modeling as we follow Christ. That's God's word for this Sunday morning. And I hope that God is working in your heart. Let's pray. Lord, I'm grateful for our time together, for my friends and brothers and sisters and guests, for Armand that I met back there on the back row that's in a school. Thank you for bringing him here through the internet. God, we love you and we want to lean into Jesus today. And Lord, May it be said of the people in this room or the people that might listen to a podcast, I want to be authentic for Jesus. Jesus, do a new work in me. Create in me a new hunger for your word. Jesus, make me like you. Lord, let me begin afresh today. I just pray by faith that God would increase and expand our hearts and our thirst for him. And he would, by his spirit, allow us to become more like him, that we would model him to our families and to our world but god when it's said and done this is a powerful word outside of you i can do nothing apart from you i can do nothing but with you jesus we can bear 
much fruit. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.